This is the way you gotta live your life. Pick up the book and understand it to survive. And analyze your problems without being blind. Without being blind. Talking to my car, kissing how I should have done a harvest. All right. Welcome, everybody, to the Ascend Your Podcast. Today, we have a very, very special guest joining us live today. Uh, her name is Daniela. This is live. Yeah, this is live. No way. There's millions of people listening. <laughs> All right, well, yeah. no, it's not live. Two thousand viewers right now. We're popping right now. Two thousand viewers listening right now. Anyway, we'll run that back. No, it's not live. <laughs> but I'll keep that in just because it's funny. Uh. Be a soundbite. Wait, we're live. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. At the beginning. Wait, we're live. This is live. I'm sorry, you guys. This is too weird for me. I'm so Why is sorry. It is it because of Brian? <laughs> no. Here, the smoke effect will help. <laughs> All right, everybody. Welcome to the Ascend Your Mind podcast with myself and Brian. Today, we have a very special guest joining us from Jordan. How are you doing, Daniela? I'm doing great. How are you? We are in lockdown here in Jordan, so life is a little bit boring. Um, but it's not that boring. Not that boring? No. Oh, okay. That's a little I, bit get, I get more time to make art, clean the house. That's true. That's true. Um, so introduce yourself to the listeners, Daniela. All Tell right. So yourself. my name is Daniela. I'm from Jordan. And I studied art, majored in sculpting. I paint a little bit, and my art mainly talks about the most important issues that we face in daily life in Jordan, such as mental mental health, um, child abuse, and women rights, and so on. Awesome, awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us. It's very much a pleasure. Thank you for having me. How are you doing, Ryan? I'm doing good. You know, lockdown season ain't too bad. Finally, back to work. Yeah, new job flow. Yeah, life isn't worth living unless you hate your job. <laughs> but, you know, it's going good. We don't have as harsh of a lockdown here as you guys do over there. Um, we'll pay for it later. But for now, we're enjoying it. Well, so we're going to jump right into it, maybe. Uh, so, Danielle, you, sp you spoke a little bit about um, what kind of art you do, and it's sculpting and painting. Mm -hmm. uh, can you tell our listeners uh, what kind of art and sculpting do you do? Okay, what kind of stuff? So, well, I I do abstract and surrealism. Okay, and what's that? Well, abstract is basically taking, making the form in the most simple way possible, but at the same time without really ruining the form or. I don't know what's, what uh, does that mean change, in English. Change, uh, without, changing, yes. without changing the shape. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What is the art environment like in Jordan? Well, some people might say that we don't have art in Jordan, but our small art community would disagree with that. The thing is, I believe that we have artists, but we don't really have art. Like, we have creativity, we have people who are ready to make art, and ready to make it flourish, but we don't really have the support or the opportunities to make that happen. Um, in Jordan, you see painters more than sculptors. Mm. 
mm. we're not very like sculpting is not very famous in Jordan. We barely have about twenty sculptors in Jordan, which is very low. Do you think that's like a resources issue? Like in a, over here, like every school, pretty much every school or city has like programs to help people like get into some type of art. Yes, I believe that it has to do with resources, and I believe that it has to do with social standards and culture in general. Mm-hmm. Um, like I, I don't know honestly. I did not really. I wasn't really born and raised in Jordan. In UAE, it's different. Uh, we have enough resources. Uh, we study art in school, and it's it's a very important subject to study in school. But it, when I came here to Jordan, they did not really give art classes in schools, which kind of shocked me. They don't really focus on creativity. They don't really care about it. And when I asked people, like, why do you do that? Or why does that happen? Most of them, they said that it goes back to um, religious reasons that I personally still don't really understand. So I can't really talk so much about that i don't want to say stuff that i don't really know and social standards what we do it all the time feel free (laughs) (laughs) we we always we always don't know what we're talking about i'm i'm way too honest (laughs) (laughs) um you can't make money out of art and that's the first thing that my parents told me that you won't be able to make money out of art, which, by the way, my parents are 100% supportive of my art and studying art and all of that. They were just being realistic of how it is in Jordan, which is true. After I graduated from art school, I realized that, yeah, it's kind of difficult to make art out of, to make money out of art. Yeah, that's why you see a lot of people not really going to that field. They either want to be doctors, engineers, or anything that could give them money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You were, t- you were speaking a little bit about um, it's difficult to make a living as an artist in Jordan. Mm-hmm. And when you spoke a little bit about the art education, mm-hmm. you don't even see a lot of art like in the parks, yes. or even if it wasn't for sculptures, you just because don't Because people don't know how to deal with that. They don't know how to interact with art in, in the street. Mm. One thing that I noticed maybe two or three years ago, Sohai Batar, he's a very, very good young artist, very famous nowadays. Um, he does graffiti okay. art. And honestly, thanks to him, we now can see more art in Jordan streets. Mm. And people start to notice art everywhere and talk about it even more. So I think because of him and because of other young artists who do graffiti or such art in general, um, because of them, art is becoming a little bit famous in Jordan. Mm. It's, you know, more talked about, let's say. Do you think maybe that even here... I feel like taking, like, going into the arts um, is a risk in itself. Um, I feel like there's no guarantees in that. I suck with art. I think everything is abstract. (laughs) 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 You you think everything is abstract? 
I mean, um, I, I've gone to like um, art museums and just like what that's am I contemporary to art. Huh? Now, now we're talking about art schools. Now we're talking about uh, contemporary art. Get Contem- it right, Ryan. <laughs> Get it right, Ryan. It's all abstract. It's contemporary. Hey, that's what I had to tell my teacher my art was to pass art class, okay? It's abstract. You don't understand it. <laughs> abstract is, is modern. <laughs> but what we see nowadays every, everywhere is contemporary, especially in America. Which is which is a good thing, by the way. I like contemporary art, if it's done right, though. America's got like you know countless amount of people that want to go into the arts because it's been in our lives all of our life. Like mm-hmm. preschool, you're doing finger paintings. You got art class every year of your life. Mm-hmm. Now in Jordan, you're saying it's different. Because art isn't very big in Jordan yet, do you think there's a better chance for you to make it big? You can very well be one of the people that makes it big. So, you know, maybe it's easier for you to make it in the art game because there isn't really an art game. See where I'm going with that? Yeah, I see. And that's a very good question. Um, I mean, I hope I could make a difference. But every time I try to, and I don't want to speak badly about Jordan or anything, no, but uh, every time I try to make a difference or try to do something, it's just like fishing in Dead Sea. You can't really, I don't see an outcome of it. Maybe in 10 years, five years, art might be big in Jordan. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but as long as they're sticking with the social standards and the weird thoughts that they have on art, it's kind of impossible to make art popular in Jordan. Or let's say, I wouldn't really say popular, but I would say well-known, like they know stuff about art. So when you talk to someone about art, they would have a background about it at least i think that speaks to you know how much we take for granted in the states like with our public school or private school systems like how much access we have even if we're not interested in art we have we still get an art education now you can argue that they're still not well funded but there is still those programs and opportunities for kids True, but when you see, an, let's say when you see a public sculpture, you know how to interact with it correctly. You know that it's okay to, the, the sculpture or the paint or the painting, it's okay to be abstract or anything but realistic art. Mm. You don't see it as bad art if it's not realistic. Mm. That's the difference between America and Jordan. When you say realistic art, what, do you, what does that mean? I mean... Full details, um, like for example, Mona Lisa, that kind of art, classic. Mm-hmm. Full details, academic kind of art. In Jordan, it's considered a bad art if you don't do such thing. If you don't do a full detailed painting or a full detailed sculpture. For people who have no idea what art is in mm-hmm. Jordan, mm-hmm. you know? Right. Yeah. They don't, they can't really appreciate anything else other than realistic art. Julian, you feel like there's like a connection between um, the art in Jordan and music in America, like in the 20s or 
when when was Elvis getting big? Like the first wave of rock and roll, and everyone's losing their shit. Like this isn't music, and now that is music. Right, right. That's how I feel about new music now. Like this isn't music. Just a bunch of weird sounds by some drugged out DJ. True, but I guess I guess the 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 core the core difference I guess, and I don't want to speak for you, Danny, mm-hmm. that you're drawing on is that at least there's opportunities for those expressions to be expressed. Like a new artist in the states or who makes a new genre or in Europe, wherever mm-hmm. they have bars they have all these different venues to go to when they have a new type of music or a new type of art there's always going to be a community whereas in jordan we don't uh, have museums you don't right we have galleries but you can all you can only have access to it if there is an exhibition Mm. and it it's it's seasonal Mm. you know it's not open 24 hours or whatever, unlike museums. We don't have museums. That's why we we don't know anything about art. That's why we can't really appreciate anything else. And I, I guess I told you before about the public sculptures that I saw in um, the Jordan National um, Park, mm-hmm. how people interacted with it very poorly. They drew on it. You see cigarettes all around. You see kids playing or couples sitting on it it's like they they don't interact with it the way that they should and i believe if there are more public sculptures more museums more art in the streets it's gonna first help the culture second it's gonna help people to be more creative more open-minded because i believe through art you you can you can become a better person that's why you see a huge difference in <clears throat> pattern of thinking, um, Americans and Jordanians. You see Americans are more open-minded and Jordanians are a little bit reserved, I guess. Mm. Yeah. Ryan, Ryan's trying to think of something funny to say. I knew as soon as he said that. <laughs> trying to think of a good way to put it. But, wow, Americans are open-minded. I'm, I'm going to have to remember that. <laughs> 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 I mean, they're more acceptable of change. I'm just being realistic. But, but what I mean by it is art makes you um, accept change faster and better. What do you feel is are some positive things that Jordan has when it comes to creativity in music and music, even in music or in art? Like, what are some of the positive things that you see or positive trends our small art community. It's a very small art community. Yes. Yeah. Uh, they're very supportive of each other because we are very small. I like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I, I mean, I, I haven't really seen anything positive yet, mm-hmm. but I do believe that there are some positive sides that I still did not explore, let's say. Uh, because I have been in the wrong circle for so long, and now I'm trying to go to to the circle that I actually fit in. So a big problem in the states that happens often is when school 
when budgets are tight, usually the first thing to go is art programs. Now, with somebody that, like yourself, who is advocating for more funding dedicated to art, where there's very little resources dedicated to art, what, what would you say, why is it important for more resources dedicated to art education? Like you touched on it a little bit, but to you as an artist in general, why is it important that resources are dedicated to art and art education? Mm. Uh, as I said before, it's really going to help the culture. It's really going to help, uh, what's the right word for it, uh, register the history of Jordan. Um, because, I mean, if you look back at the art history, you see from the beginning of time, people use, used to paint on the walls and draw on the walls to register their own history. So that's, that was the first use of art, right? And I think if we do that now in Jordan, if, he, if we focus on it, and um, it's going to help the culture, um, that's one. Two, <clears throat> it's going to help the kids, if we want to say that um, our education, it's going to help the kids to express themselves freely and in a healthy way. Because the first thing that you, the first thing that a kid does is paint right mm -hmm. um and most of parents and i blame them for that they yell at they yell at their kids when they paint on the walls don't do that it's you're just gonna mess everything up blah blah blah, blah, blah. and that's i think that's the first shock for the kid like oh art is bad i can't do this i can't paint on the wall i i don't know and they immediately probably immediately stop painting or making art and they're gonna not be able to express themselves freely and that's they're gonna grow up in a very bad environment and you know they might go for violence or any other toxic behaviors and I think art can restrain all of that and it can help you to overcome all the toxic traits that you have I don't have to think twice if I ever have a kid about yelling at him. <laughs> I, I, I'd answer for a kid drawing on the wall with a yell at him. <laughs> I mean, you can always repaint the wall. You can always, or, you know, there are different ways to do it. You can just paper. put a, a whiteboard on the wall and you could allow your kid to, to draw whatever he wants. You know, there, there are a lot of healthy ways to guide your kid if you don't prefer them to paint on the wall. Because there is a saying that I once read, sorry, there is a saying that I once read, um, an artist is a child who survived, which means that uh, a child who was capable of painting or expressing themselves through art, and they got the right guidance for that. It's mm, a great... It's a great proverb right there. But Ryan's still not letting his kid draw <laughs> on the wall. I mean, I mean, that's up to you, but don't yell at him. Just don't make him stop making art. <laughs> but yelling is how I tell Julian every day. <laughs> it does. <laughs> it's not yelling, yelling. It's just raising my voice so I know he heard me. <laughs> just don't don't make your kids not make art. Don't stop them from doing that. No, 
send them to my dad's house. Go, go make art at grandpa's. I don't care. Leave my wall. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, you could find very hidden messages through your kids' um, art. From one of the projects that I worked, um, did something about child abuse. Um, there are a lot of sketches or paintings that the kids did. <clears throat> they found out that they were raped or abused, blah, 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 through their sketches. Mm. Yeah, you could find a lot of hidden messages. You could tell if your kid has depression, even, through his painting. It's very important to pay attention um, to what your kid is painting or doing. I agree to that, yeah. Absolutely, no, absolutely. That's why it's really sad to see, you know, as budgets are getting tighter around the world, you're just seeing more and more funding cut uh, from art and education. And as a young person, if you don't have sports, if you don't have art, if you don't have music, if you don't have one of those big mediums for creativity, you're just going to express your feelings in not a positive way. Right. And especially during this time right now, I don't know how I would be reacting during Corona, um, not being able to hang out with my friends. And I'll teach you art. You'll teach me art? Yeah. <laughs> as long as you teach Ryan as well. Hey. I, I believe anyone can make art, really. Well, that's what I wanted to get to is, like, in America, I feel like there's so many different types of art. Like, mm -hmm. I like art, just not paintings. I love video games. I think that's one of the best. This is art. Yeah, interactive art, uh, music, mm -hmm. modern, biggest modern day art. I mean, that goes back to God knows when. In movies, you know, three pieces of art people don't think is art, but it wouldn't be anywhere without the art community. Absolutely. And, and that's, that's going off of that, Ryan. It's like in, in the States, right? Like there are opportunities. If I'm interested in video games and I want to make video game art, there are schools dedicated to video game art or m filmmaking. Like we take that for granted in the States. Like your brother is yeah. a filmmaker. Yeah, he's and, studying at the SAE. But his opportunities for making films in Jordan are far less than the kid growing up in the mm -hmm, States mm -hmm. where there's so many. We still many, have them, but they're less. Yeah. They're less, yeah. And like there's so many festivals like in Chicago, right? Like of so many, like, a ridiculous amount of movie festivals that you can get to, you know? Yeah, in the summer, every, like, every, I think it's Tuesday or Wednesday, they have a free concert in Grand Park. You can't find a park without at least a sculpture or a statue. See, it's, that's what I'm talking about. Especially in this city, like, um, if you did find one without one, like, just nat the nature in itself in this city is art. You were talking a little bit about, especially about art and expression, and I think that kind of touches upon mental health. What So mental health looks different in all places, mm. whether it's in the States, <clears throat> in Europe, in the Arab world. What does mental health look like in Jordan? Is it something that's talked about or maybe more repressed? Like what's, generally speaking, how does mental health look in Jordan. Right. Um, well, if you go to, if you tell your family that you want to see a therapist, the first thing that you hear 
is, oh, you need to be closer to God or you need to pray more. Um, so everything is related to religion here, which I think they uh, misunderstand what it's like. They, have, they don't have enough information or background about what is like the religion itself. And that's why they relate everything to religion because they want to feel like they know a lot about it and they want to feel like they're religious people. But if you go back to religion, and the reason why I'm saying that is because it's very important here in Jordan, as I'm saying, they relate mental health to, to religion. In our religion, you, 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 if you read the Quran, it says that it's very important to feel safe and safety is related to mental health. So if you see someone... Uh, suffering from mental health, depression, and anxiety, whatever, you name it. The first thing that they want to feel is to feel safe. It speaks to the less you talk about <clears throat> mental health, the less likely someone is going to feel safe. Exactly. But I definitely there, there is more awareness in Jordan about mental health than before. Um, you see a lot of teenagers or people in their 20s uh, suffering from it but they are helping each other together and they're aware of what's what's it like to have a mental illness um, w which means that it's more talked about than before maybe less from the other world but for Jordan it's getting better mm -hmm. yeah but we still need to raise more awareness about that I think you can make the same argument for the States. I don't live in the States, so I don't know. No, I, I get that. But um, I don't think, like, religion play every, <clears throat> where I grew up in Chicago, religion mm -hmm. isn't that big of a, doesn't have that much of a hold on people's life. Mm -hmm. So maybe people I grew up around with are, they express it more. Again, not a religious person, but like, you know, if you're feeling some way, if you're feeling sad and the Quran tells you you should be happy. Like, but what does it mean to be religious? Um, I feel like this is a very good question, right? Um, <laughs> me, I'm not religious, but I believe there's a higher power. I just mm -hmm. think churches are bullshit. Mm -hmm. <laughs> No, it's a fair question, right? Because what we're really talking about if when we speak to religion is if I'm religious, am I following a certain doctrine, meaning I am following or I relate to a specific uh, type of belief and I base my lifestyle lifestyle based on a certain belief, right? Religious, religious doesn't just mean the Abrahamic religions like mm -hmm. God, you can talk about Buddhism or all the other types of faiths as well. So it's having, basing your lifestyle and making decisions on your life based on what you believe in, usually around a higher power. And I guess certain religions <clears throat> maybe allow more room for mental health to be talked about, but then even you can you can look at every religion, I think, like religious communities in the States where there's like 
mental health is definitely not talked about in some of those very, very radical Christian communities or Catholic communities. Looking at you, Mormons. Where <laughs> a guy has ten wives. <laughs> it's a human problem, not a religious problem. Mm, yeah. But we throw it on religion to make ourselves feel better about ourselves. Like, oh, it's not my fault. It's not my fault. It's, you know, you're just not religious enough or you're just not closer to God enough. But I'm perfect. Mm. But really, it's not It's not that. Mm. I think we're too scared to really look at ourselves in the mirror. Mm. What, what are some... Uh, gender roles play a big dynamic in the Arab world more so in other places and in, in the States and in the West as well. But how does, you know, Jordan has a very, very high refugee population mm-hmm. here uh, with Syrian refugees, Palestinian refugees, mm-hmm. Sudanese um, from all over. Mm-hmm. And without an access to art education, as you're saying for that expression, but also like for young women or for women to have an opportunity to um, explore their mental health or to be more involved in mental health is there an opportunity for young or just for women in general to for mental health resources well there is an organization for women uh here in jordan uh my professor was involved in it and she helps the women to express themselves and the abuse that they go through through art uh when she told me about that i was really happy i thought that we don't really have that but um still uh, you see a lot of women, kids, even men, uh, really scared to go to those organizations because they don't, I don't know, I guess it goes back to the social standards, that it's, not, that it's wrong to talk about it, mm-hmm. and you should be patient, and you, should, you shouldn't really play the victim role when really they're not. And I think that art can actually give... Uh, some some kind of help for for human rights. I don't really like to just talk about women or just kids because men also suffer from uh, from such things, from abuse, from blah 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 blah. You know, but it's not very talked about, I guess, mm-hmm. in the world. Yeah. Yeah, but also men suffer. You know. I definitely can notice that like you know i feel like for guys more like man up. the term man up is used a lot like whenever you're going through some shit it's like you know i i even told some of my friends like dude i know it sucks just fucking push through it you'll get to it man up yeah i terrible Be a phrase, i use that a little too often <laughs> right when really i think it's i think i a true man or like a real man uh, is a man who's <laughs> capable of expressing. <laughs> no, wait, 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 I'm not done. <laughs> I'm not done. <laughs> I'm not done. <laughs> Damn. My own podcast. Damn. <laughs> what did so I wake up early for? Damn. <laughs> You want to throw me off the balcony? I'm not done yet, though. (laughs) (laughs) A real man is is a man who is capable of expressing uh, his feelings and is not really afraid of that. He doesn't really suck it up. 
Yeah, it's doing yeah. the hard shit in life, and for a lot of people, that is some of the hardest shit to do. Be mm. true to yourself and everyone else. True. And, like, I guess the question is, why do... Because it's not just in Jordan where men feel be strong means not expressing yourself and your feelings. It's one of the things, yes. Right? Mm-hmm. But what, why does that happen more often than not? Is it, is it social? Is it religion? Like, why? It's social, I would say. I wouldn't say religion because religion disagrees with that. Yeah. It's social. They, since day one, okay, when they have a little girl... Uh, they tell her that she needs to be ready to get married. She needs to be a wife material. And her husband is going to take care of her, is going to protect her. And she needs to listen to whatever he has to say or orders her to do, which is wrong. And religion kind of, okay, it agrees with it, but to an extent. All right. It does not, what's the right word, um, erase the women's character. But the social standards, it erases the women's character, you know. And when they have a boy, they tell him that, you know, it's not okay to cry. You should not cry. You're a man and men don't cry. And it's okay to beat your, your woman. We don't really see that a lot, but it happens, okay. And it's okay to, you know, just be tough with a woman or any of that. Uh, because that's how, how a man should be like. But when I have some conversations about that with some people, they'd be like, oh, no, we don't really have that. Uh, we see that, you know, some men, they treat their women really right. And I, I agree with that. So it's really difficult to say if women have, have rights or not in Jordan. But when you hear about an accident, that girl who her father, he killed her and drank tea over her dead body. So, when you hear an accident like that, you just like. For the viewers that are listening who might not know about that, so. I, Her name is Ahlam. You can look it up. A, a, a very big stereotype in the Western mm-hmm. world is is that certain Arab countries are less progressive towards women's rights mm-hmm. than say in the West. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We're not saying that's true or not, but that is mm-hmm. a that is a stereotype. Yes. And so, in reference to what you were just talking about, mm-hmm. one, can you speak on? women's rights in Jordan and maybe the Arab world, but, and you were using that example, uh, could you tell the listeners what that example you just used is? Like who she is and Mm. what happened? Well, her name is Ahlam. Okay. And she, since she was, I think, very young, she was not allowed to go to school. She did not get education because her dad was scared that she might uh, sin. And by that, I mean that uh, meeting a boy or falling in love or yada, yada, yada. Okay. So in his head, I think he was just trying to protect her. But really, that's not how you protect your daughter. So she was not allowed to do anything. And when she worked, she worked, I think, as a housekeeper at a school. And her salary would go to her father. One day when she tried to escape, he followed her and he killed her with a rock. And he drank tea over her dead body. Uh, neighbors tried to save her. They tried to call the cops, but the cops arrived really late because they just thought that it's probably, it, it happens almost all the time. So it's 
you know, not really worth it. And by the time they arrived, she was dead. You hear such stories a lot in Jordan and not just in Jordan. I think, I, I believe that in Jordan is, it happens less than the other Arab countries from what I heard from my other Arab friends. That's, I'm not really saying that's a good thing, but it is, you know? Yeah, like such girls, she, she did not get the opportunity to live her life. And imagine there are many other women who can't do whatever they want because of that, but they're not talked about or they're not, or their voice is not heard or the, the accident is not filmed, let's mm. say. It's a sad story, I know. It is. It is. No, I, yeah. But women, the other Jordanian women, they went out and protested for her sake and the other women's sake who went through such a thing. That's a good thing. It is. But I guess when you... It's hard to know if that... How much an incident like that is representative. Because they're not recorded. I guess what I mean more so is how much, like, what, what are the core women's rights issues in Jordan? Is it um, their access, is it access to education? Is it access to power, resources? Like, what are, what are like, the core, uh, core problems that kind of drive? Well, not being able to do, I, I wouldn't really say education because, uh, if you want to compare the numbers, women who get educations are education are more than women who don't. Mm. Okay, but I think the main problem or the main right that we need uh, as women in Jordan is uh, being able to do whatever we want without being told you're a woman you can't do that. Like such as working as a waitress or working as anything else that a man does. You're saying your people tell you if you decide as a woman to go work as a waiter, mm. a lot of men. You, you and don't women. really see a lot of waitresses here in Jordan, right? Is, and you're saying that that's frowned <clears throat> upon, or you're going to be like, no, you can't do that because you're a woman. Some of them would. Some of them would say you can't do that because you're a woman. The reason why you might get sexually harassed all the time, or go home very late. And going home very late as a woman here is frowned upon mm. because you might get a lot of, you know, incidents, bad stuff happen. Right, right. Yeah. Kind of like the equivalent here, like, um, <clears throat> well, saw what she was wearing, she was asking for it. That kind mm -hmm. of mm -hmm. We have that here. If you are a non-hijabi, uh, can, you, can you say what that means, not hijabi? Not hijabi, it's not wearing the scarf mm -hmm. on your head and not wearing baggy clothes, mm -hmm. you know? Because hijab is not just a scarf on your head. Mm -hmm. It goes more than that. Um, if you are not a hijabi and you get sexually harassed, um, they would say that, oh, that's because you're not hijabi. That's because you of the way you're dressing. Even though... And that's like a whole different topic to talk about, honestly. Even though some non-hijabis, their clothes, I would say, baggier than hijabis in general. Um, but for me, I think it's also very wrong to blame the woman on whatever she's wearing. 
it's a typical it's a typical argument to justify a wrong action. I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's the definition of bullsh- bullshit. Mm-hmm. Where, uh, yes, I did something wrong, but what I did was wrong because you were doing something wrong, and whatever clothes you wear, it has that's not a wrong at all. Well, since it, the it, beginning of time, it was always the woman's fault in everything. I mean, <clears throat> I honestly forgot the name of the serial killer. She was a woman uh, back in the medieval time. Uh, she used poison to kill men who abused their wives. But she did that for a good cause, let's say. Because a lot of women back then used to get very <laughs> abused and not, they did not have rights. Because it, it's an interesting thing, right? Because that's st- the reason why I say stereotype is because mm. by far, I would, I would say um, that at the beginning, at the advent of Islam, Islam was by far the most progressive movement for women's rights mm. at its time mm. in terms of the rights it gave to women, in terms of access to wealth, access to resources, giving equal standing to men. Mm-hmm. All these things were so revolutionary in Islam. Mm-hmm. Um, but but uh, then uh, social centers came and they kind of forgot about all of that. And, and going off of that, as human nature, using power or using your power to interpret faith or scripture for your own benefit. Because it's very clear in the Quran, like, at its time, how much, how many rights it gave uh, for women in a very patriarchal society. Mm. Like, it was very problematic because <clears throat> men were losing their power. Mm. Um, and you've seen kind of more of that return in the last hundred years, where more women, you see more women, women's rights still digressing, maybe progressing a little bit now, but still have digressed in the last hundred mm. years. True. Ryan, what do you think? I think Julian's an idiot. (laughs) (laughs) Why? (laughs) Oh, we don't have enough time for that question. (laughs) (laughs) No, I think Julian is being smart about it. He said true facts. Hard to disagree with him on that one. Oh, what a good day. Ryan agreed with me. Shut up. I didn't agree. I said it's hard to disagree. There's a difference. Oh, okay, gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> what? Okay, so you said you said for women's rights um, in Jordan, the Arab world, they need to be given more power to decide what they want to do. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> How does that happen? How does that happen? Yeah, is it something that's legal? Is it something that's cultural? I know it's a big question, but it's like. You know what I mean? It's it's hard to like know where to go when you're trying to maybe be an ally or an advocate or maybe women don't know how to get more of that power. Like what's I think it's um, it's the women's like uh, the women should play a huge role in that because uh, if they support each other, it's it's going to be way easier to make that happen. But what you see is that the first, like, it's not, it's not mainly, mainly the men's fault. It's also the women's fault. 
Because if they see a free woman or let's say a more open-minded woman who is capable of wearing whatever she wants, going out wherever she wants, whenever she wants, and, you know, all those stuff. But that woman, let's say woman B, she can't do all of that. She would hate on woman A and she would be like, oh, this is wrong. Look at her, blah, 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 blah. She would be the first hater, not men, mm. you know. But if we support each other and we stop hating on each other, we would be more powerful than men and we would be able to do whatever we want without men controlling us, mm. you know. So I... I hate to say it, but I honestly blame women on that. And she also raises her daughters. She passes those, those stuff to her daughters and so on. And that's why you see it's kind of difficult for them to break free from those chains, let's say. Mm-hmm. I could see a lot of, you know, like, it's definitely different here, but like, um, you know, kind of... I'm trying to think of a good way to put this, like a straw man argument. Why are you acting like this when, like, someone just like you is acting like this the right way? Like, you know, a a token, pretty much. Mm -hmm. Like, um, she she can follow the orders, do whatever the hell I say. Why can't you? You're being a terrible woman. That goes back to psychological reasons, because women are more agreeable. This is something that but not it's, here. It's very yeah yeah because because is um, back then they were more agreeable all around the world um, because at first they did not they did not have access to anything and everything right and when we opened the door for women to let's say work okay and she was given less as a salary, less than a man, but she di- didn't have a problem with that. Why is that? Because she has been in the house for way too long and she saw that as a huge opportunity for her to work. Oh, okay, this is my first salary. I don't care what, what it is, what the number is. I'm working, right? That's what she cared about the most. But then as she started, women started working, they noticed that, oh, well, I'm getting paid less than a man. I should be paid as as much as the man. So they start noticing that. You see what where I'm going there? Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. In a real <laughs> up way, that explains why they would want to keep women out of the workplace because it's a baby step to liberating yourself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. True. No, it's it's very true. That's that's well put. It's a tough decision because if you decide, if you don't have somebody that supports you um, wanting to take that kind of step, like the repercussions on yourself individually and potentially your children are really, are really big because I guess in the Arab world, like family is the most important thing, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's, if and I, as a woman, decide to stand up against and I say, I want to uh, you shouldn't do this, you shouldn't do this, you're going to get, I don't, maybe punishment isn't the right word, but you are going to get some repercussions, not from only your husband, but from everybody in the family, mm-hmm. which means your life could be over. Right. As you know it. 
if right. you decide to stand up for what you believe or stand up for. But this is happening less now in Jordan, um, and I'm happy about that. That's a very good thing. Uh, husbands or women, blah blah blah, they're now capable of doing most of the things that they couldn't do let's say 10 years ago mm. or five years ago right so it's it's getting better it's getting better it's moving in the right direction yes but what i really hate is that feminists here they have let's say misconception of what really feminism is they hate on men but it's not really the men's fault i would say it's also women's fault and we shouldn't really hate men we should like them <laughs> you know what i mean um yeah they blame everything on men and they really not being nice with them same here like my favorite argument um when going against like a hard feminist is you know who gave women the right to vote men if someone had to vote on it and it was only men in government like you know it, just because you want to bring yourself forward, you don't have to bring someone else down. Hey, call this shit out as it is. I'm not saying that, but don't this is bad feminism. call this shit on one person because there's plenty of shit to go around. Mm. No, for sure. I think, you know, that just goes back to, and you, you and I were talking about this, Ryan, is that anytime, anytime you start excluding another group and look, Definitely feminists are like have every right because men, the the male side has for all the fucked up shit that they've been doing and have been doing, they have every right to feel the way that they do. Right. One hundred percent. But and I there's always a but, right? But movements and big social change takes takes a large large amount of people. So when you start excluding people change is less likely to happen. The change that you desire is less likely to happen. And to use Ryan's example, is if you're going to exclude men, uh, they need to be part of the change as well. And they're less likely to be part of it if you're attacking them. Now they have every right to attack them based on the body of work and record speaks for itself. But I think in any social movement or social change, you can't exclude people that, especially so generally, yeah. yeah, I think I'm just a peaceful person. Um, if you want to make a change, there is no need to attack other people or other stuff. Uh, you should actually work together to make the change happen, but not attack each other. Easier said than done looking at at least mm. climate here. Mm. We're trying to... <laughs> I hate to change the subject, but we're trying to like make all the changes to police departments without police departments like opinion. Like, granted, their opinion the last couple decades have been shit, but you know if we're gonna make them follow these rules, maybe we should at least have them have their input because they're they're the ones that have actually done the job. Right, yeah. and actually that's a good that's a good segue, Brian, because here in Jordan. Uh, there were elections recently. Yes. And so I guess my question is, um, are women in Jordan running for yes. positions of power? In many. Jordan? Yeah. Many. I don't know if any of them won, though. 
Ah. I don't even know the new masters, honestly. Yeah. I did not really check that yet. But, uh, yeah. I mean, they're, they're running, though. They're, they're running. running. They're running and we do have a female minister. Okay, okay. Yeah. Baby steps. Baby steps. Yeah. Yes. Um, but still, most of them... Most of them vote for the most beautiful woman, not the most intellectual one. Men will always be men, I guess. It's a sad reality. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think it's like, who, why is someone wins prom king or prom queen, right? It's the same shit. Yeah. Fuck, did we get Nancy Pelosi? <laughs> <laughs> that was a good one. <laughs> Well, Daniela, we appreciate you coming on to the uh, Send Your Podcast. Send you your see, you forgot the name for a second. Yeah, I did. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, thank you for coming. We'd love to have you back whenever you have something new or maybe an update. Maybe we'll have two ministers next time we talk to you. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much. It, we appreciate it. It was our pleasure. All right. Well, I think that about wraps this up. Um, yeah, I just lost my train of thought, so we'll end right yeah, there. What the fuck were you? <laughs> what the fuck are you going? I don't know. <laughs> this beer is good. Yeah. What are you drinking? Um, pure gold. No, solid gold. Jesus Christ. Get it right. Solid gold. Yeah. Hey, it's five bucks for a twelve pack. They have fifty percent off. Five bucks for a 12-pack? Yeah, it's pretty good stuff. I've never had this. It's good. Pure gold? Solid gold. (laughs) All right. We can... Ryan can translate into English if you want. (laughs) No, can he? He speaks fluent Arabic. No, he can't. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he does, actually. Really? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Brian. No. <laughs> I thought you was gonna pull something out your ass. Man, I was speaking French. <laughs> you speak French? I failed for three years, but yes. <laughs> Comment va tu? That's how are you doing, right? Yes. Fuck. Ça va bien? Okay. Okay. It's been a good 10 years. Give me a break. <laughs> All right. Okay. Um, so, thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much. It, we appreciate it. It was a pleasure. All right. Well, I think that. This is a public service announcement for all social media scientists. Your thoughts on the pandemic have been incredibly helpful. And honestly, I wouldn't have survived this long without your opinions on the situation. Thank you for your support and cooperation. Please follow all the necessary guidelines. Go fuck yourself. Tell me what happened to society Glorify memes and dumb notoriety Social media piety Bask in negativity righteously 